Welcome to Climbing Climate. Before we start our travel down into the Earth's history and learn about stunning connections within the climate system, we would like to present the protagonist of the season, the ice. The ice will take us to the past and open our eyes for current changes. But before we start, it is now the time to get to know the fascinating and cool material a bit better. If we take a really, really close look, which means from a microstructural perspective, ice consists of a honeycomb-like or hexagonal lattice structure. In the case of water or water vapor, the molecules move freely or are only slightly connected to each other. Below the freezing point, however, bonds can form between the molecules and set up the ice lattice. One molecule, that is H2O, consists of two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom. The three of them are connected via so-called covalent bonds, which means nothing else that they share one of the outer electrons. Now, in case that you feel like an oxygen atom today, feel free to stretch your arms in front of you in a V-shape and imagine to hold one hydrogen atom in each hand. This is approximately the situation for one molecule of H2O. Now imagine that you, the oxygen atom, are stronger than the hydrogen atoms in your hands, which in practice means that you will attract the shared electrons and pull it closer to you. You are now slightly negatively charged, no reason to be grumpy though, and the hydrogen atoms in your hands are slightly positively charged. As we all know, opposites attract each other. So, these partial charges lead to the formation of additional bonds between negative oxygen atoms of one atom, that's you, and positive hydrogen atoms of another atoms, that's the two hydrogen atoms in some other person's hands. One oxygen atom is therefore in total connected to four other hydrogen atoms, which together form the shape of a tetrahedron. A tetrahedron here is a kind of a pyramid which consists of four triangular faces. It is now the combination of several tetrahedron which form the ice lattice. Pooh, that's somehow hard to picture in mind. It may help and additionally make a lot of fun to build your own little ice lattices, for example with Play-Doh as atoms and matches as bonds between them. Now, that was enough about the microstructure. Now we ask ourselves, where can we actually find this mysterious material on our planet? You can not only find ice in your fridge. Actually, most of the ice on Earth is stored in the ice sheets, which are giant glaciers covering the polar regions of Greenland and Antarctica. And with giant here, I really mean giant. For example, the continent of Antarctica alone is larger than Europe and covered by ice masses with a thickness of up to 4 km. Above that, at some coasts, the glacier tongues reach far out into the oceans. Those floating extensions of the ice sheets are called ice shelves. Ice shelves are special, because they are in contact with ocean water and can therefore directly interact with the ocean. Another prominent example of ice in the climate system has currently become quite famous for being in danger. It is sea ice. Although sea ice is only up to some meters thick and might, at the first sight maybe, seem unimportant next to the impressive ice sheets, 
It has the power to influence global phenomena, for example ocean currents, the weather in Europe or even global average mean temperatures. Ice sheets, ice shelves and sea ice form, together with permafrost and snow, the so-called cryosphere, which denotes the frozen part of the Earth's climate system. In general, ice is indeed an important player in the climate system. For example, only the presence of ice on the surface influences the amount of solar radiation which can be absorbed and therefore determines surface temperatures. This effect is called the albedo effect, and we will hear a lot about these effects in the upcoming episodes. But ice is not only capable of influencing surface temperatures, but it can even influence global processes, like major ocean currents. Did you know that the formation of sea ice is a major driver of ocean circulations, like for example the Gulf Stream? That way, ice influences both surface temperatures and the global distribution of heat within the climate system. And finally, melting of land ice influences the sea level. Sea levels already rose by more than 20 cm since 1900 and are expected to rise even more. The decay of ice sheets and the accompanying freshwater input into the oceans is known to be one of the major contributors to sea level rise. To those of you who are not yet convinced by the uniqueness and beauty of ice, might want to take a look at mountain glaciers. It is in the form of mountain glaciers where a particularly special property of ice is recognized best. It is not solid. If you've ever seen a mountain glacier, or a picture of it, you might have recognized that it looks as if the glacier tongue flows into the valley. That is because that is what actually happens. Due to tiny inconsistencies in the ice letters and sliding of crystals over each other, ice is deformable and actually does flow, just like honey, but a lot more viscous. I hope you're not freezing already because that was just the introduction to a journey into the cold areas of our planet. <laughs>